0: Everybody comfortable? Yeah. Get your ass up when I'm talking. Hey, take it easy. It's show time. It's show time. Yeah. Feel the magic and soul love the YBs. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Take two. That Davis Show with former member of the show, big-time podcast producer down at NBC Sports Chicago. Also, he covers the Chicago Bulls here in Chicago. Follow him at D. Tony Gill. Lucky enough to have Tony Gill with us today to talk about the Bulls, his thoughts, what's transpired with the draft, and also with free agency around the league and the trades that have commenced since the NBA has come back into session. All right, T you were the one in our group that broke the news that uh, from Casey Johnson because of course you record the podcast with him uh, Jason Goff, Kendall Gill so on and so forth, Mad Dog uh, you broke the news to us in our group that they were going to take Patrick Williams, so when you first heard that, what was your initial thought when you heard that the Bulls were going to choose Patrick Woods, Florida State at the fourth with the fourth pick who?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you put respect to respect old Supreme Dream's name <laughs> Uh, But yeah, no, um, that for all the research that was, you know, done uh, and then different mocks that was out there, um, he was certainly not in the realm of possibility, you know, leading up to, you know, this week. Uh, It was only, you know, the last maybe maybe Friday or like this week or so. Yeah, I seen an athletic. Yeah, Patrick's name started to being uh, float around uh, in connection with the Bulls. So that was like, you know, an emergency. I remember um, our organization, NBC, when KC told us before he uh, went to print with it, uh, we had no video, video, no (laughs) or or anything that that led up to Patrick Williams. I mean, there there were literally pieces and breakdowns done on so many different players, and he was not one of them. Uh, Uh, So it was certainly surprising when we first uh, heard the news about Patrick. Hey, real quick, who does that? Because, like, like, because
0: you know me. Like, I talked to you. I think Tuesday night Mm -hmm. when I do my deep dives, I start, and it's funny because I I realize how much I love sports. I start trying to consume everything, and I was sitting there, and you kind of get tired of seeing the same highlights. But the package that run that ran on NBC Chicago last night uh, during the, the draft recap. I love whoever edited showing the different angles of the same play because there's so few plays out there. I was like, that's the same play again right there, right? <laughs> and I know that it's been done before, but who who can you tell us who does that? Because I want to give them their props because they did a real good job of stretching that material that they had on Patrick Williams about this.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, you know, our video crew, uh, Brad Foster uh, Fossler, um, and everybody back at the, uh, the studio, the ranch. I haven't been back, so I don't know. You know, what goes on at the studio anymore. I right. think was, you know March. Uh, but we got a real solid team and uh they got you know prepared as soon as you know we got the hint that Patrick could could be it. So uh you know, we have to find scroll through, you know, YouTube and in television to see where those highlights were. <laughs> I was down. I was
0: looking, I, I think, and I think you hit it. I think I I was pretty sure I was reading Athletic and a friend of the show. Definitely you know him. You booked them for us back in the days. Uh, Darnell Mayberry uh, was sitting there and they did their mocks for the draft or they may have just been doing the Bulls pick I can't remember but I remember someone mentioned Patrick Woods and I was like wait they're talking about in the second round, right? Because I'm like, I ain't heard of this thing right here, right? And this, is, and that was the first time I remember seeing it until you told us that Casey, and basically if it's from Casey is from the word of mouth, that that's what's going to be the pick. Like, it was no reason to think after you said the night before that if that was going to be the pick, that someone else is going to be the pick. So after you did a little scouting, Tony, what was
1: your thoughts on Patrick Williams? A very mature player. um, And... I, <laughs> you know when i thought about it too much i'm like man this is a uh, this is a kind of a you can picture john and gar picking this dude in terms of high floor type guys and not really high ceiling but after hearing what you know Artura said about him he certainly believes that patrick has a high ceiling Yeah, um, as, as a play a real high ceiling but if you look at him for face value you may seem like you may think of him as a high floor guy, so it, it depends on where you're starting to look so, from. Because there are pieces for both arguments. Where, uh, yeah. No, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's certainly arguments on both sides of you know high floor, low ceiling guy, and the other mm-hmm. way around. Um, I mean, depends on how you look at it. And certainly tourist certainly is looking at it from he can be a profound player uh, at this level with his uh, with his skill set. Um, he already has you know elite athletic you know, ability, run, jump, all those things that, you know, you typically want from a top five guy to compete physically uh, Mm -hmm. at the next level. Um, But the next is, you know, where's his room for improved skill level? Um, Yeah, he won an award, you know, ACC six man, you know, of the year, but you take a guy number four overall, you don't plan for him to, you know, be six man for you. Right, to be the sixth man for you. You expect him to be a contributor, a, a starter, and this is even more than uh, Kobe White. Like, I know it's only three slots, you know, above, but being a top-five pick means something, you know, in the NBA, and that comes with a lot of expectations. So if, if AK decides to go with, you know, Patrick Williams, he's mm-hmm. obviously seeing a bright future for him.
0: Now, being a top-five pick in the NBA in a draft that doesn't have uh, – that's not heavy on the top – Does that really mean the same compared to if I don't even want to include last year's draft because it was really a two-person drafts in uh, Zion and Ja. But let's just say like a draft where it's one of those drafts where the draft the year before where you had DeAndre Ayton, uh, you had Luka Doncic, you know, you had uh, uh, Bagley, uh, even though he hasn't really hit the way that you hit, then you would think he hit and you had uh, Trey Young. Like, see, now if we're talking about that draft, Mm-hmm. I agree with you. The fifth pick in that draft, you you better be something. You know what I'm saying? But I don't know if I can say that the same as this draft, because this draft wasn't even last year's draft when it was only two players. Um, me, and I told you this Tuesday night, um, I, I think, listen, I didn't read what uh, our, our tourist Karnasovas mm-hmm. said. Uh, I read it in the Tribune. Uh, from Collier uh, had printed it. And he's talking about his perception of him and that people thought he was a raw athlete and that he wasn't skilled. And he said that he thought his skill level was high. This Now, this is before... I, I didn't see this before I started watching the video. Me watching the video, my first thoughts were, damn, this kid's thighs are thick. How quick and quick twitchy can he be with hmm. those thighs, those 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 Bryant Russell thighs? And I may be a little bit before your time, <laughs> all right? But just see Mike moving him to the side with his left hand? Look at the thighs. The next time you see them, all right, they're very thick. Took us so and then sitting there, still watching the highlights. First thing I was like, oh, okay, Shoddy sure can handle the ball. Now it wasn't like he was out there with like the ball on a string, hmm. but it was more for that big. Like for instance, and I'm not comparing him. Uh, I won't. I'm not comparing him to someone like a Scotty Pippen. All right. But Scottie Pippen wasn't someone that you saw throwing the ball behind his back crazy all the time. But you never saw Scotty get ripped. I'm not comparing to him. I'm I'm really using an example of a larger fo- of uh, forward that has skills where he can actually handle the ball. At this point, I didn't know, I knew he played some point guard. I didn't know he played as many years at point guard at growing up in, in North Carolina in high school, or the three years I believe Arturus had mentioned. Um, the shot, the mechanics were right. That wasn't a, there wasn't a fear in the shot. Watching him get off the ground I was like oh, okay I see it you know sitting there looking at the little stutter step in between now again I'm, I'm there's a bias that's because I want there to be some success you know so I'd be lying to say that but initially I wasn't with it uh but when I watched a lot of video, I was like okay I compared him because to me it was him and uh correct me when I get this name wrong the Negia did I say that right didyja you're, yes. Okay, you know you're what I'm saying. <laughs> about, yeah, but, see, but to me, i I viewed it as really a, a race between the two of them. And after, and I start listen. I started to come around more on the Denny, uh, the Denny side when I watched more tape on him because you can see he has a natural feel for the game. Mm-hmm. And I guess I really want to know what you think about him since you were you were someone that wanted Luca uh, when he was coming out. You, mm-hmm. do you, I remember you like get Luca, and I was like, I don't know about Younger, want to be Mano. All right. But you were definitely right. You're definitely you're definitely right. But, but watching it, it made me feel better comparing those two players because the ceiling is higher on Patrick Williams because of his athleticism. You know what I'm saying? Where you pretty much know what you're going to get from Denny. And like I said with the guys last night, I do think for a season of two, Denny's probably going to look better than Patrick Williams. But I think in the long run, and if they develop how we felt like, because that was the reason why we, we, we wanted this team to come here and do the Denver thing over here, if they develop him, he should he should necessarily be fine. So let me ask you about the Denny part. How did you feel when Denny was the pick and after they picked uh, Patrick Williams, would you have still preferred for them to, to have picked Denny Adro from Israel?
1: Um, that is a tough question. And, and to, to put context on, um, the, the Luca versus uh, Denny thing, like I just did, kind of like the math with Luca, and you know in terms of how old he was, and he was dominating the second best league uh, in the world after the NBA, you know, at seventeen and eighteen, um, and it wasn't even close. And in a in a league where I wasn't all in on Aiden, and I what I was definitely out on Bagley, uh, I was like he there shouldn't be you know, a, a, another reason why you should want to take another player uh, outside of Luka, number one overall, just because he's dominating the second best league. It's a better league than um, than college basketball. So when I looked at Denny and people were throwing those comparisons out there, you know, in terms of with Luka, obviously Denny is a little bit bigger, uh, more forward uh, than point guard type. I just didn't see that part, like that dominating, overwhelming yeah. force in, uh, in the league that he was playing in. It certainly wasn't, you know, the best league or the second best league uh, in the world like Luka was playing. So I didn't want to put that on him. Um, the skill level is definitely a lot better uh, than Patrick at this point in time. Mm-hmm. But the way that we hope that AK uh, can do in terms of the type of development that we saw, you know, in Denver, he's probably thinking... You just give me an athletic piece. I can teach, or we can teach him in this environment how to become a skilled player. So, in terms of maximizing that athletic, that already elite athleticism that Patrick Williams has, uh, AK is, is, say, is basically saying with this pick, we're going to have an elite breeding ground here where we're going to, you know, uh, develop at a, you know, at a clip where the athleticism that he already has is going to be the secondary part. We're gonna teach him how to play basketball here, and he's gonna grow. And that room, that athletic space that you get, uh, that that growth, that instant amount of growth of space that you do get by being an athlete, and then learning how to play basketball—that's what he's banking on. So, um, when you look at the uh, the film between Denny and and, and uh, Patrick, like I said before, Denny's gonna—you're right, Ken. Like I 100 percent agree with you fans don't get worried in the first two years because he mm-hmm. has played professional basketball, you know, for longer than, than Patrick Williams. Like they, that's what it is. They come in, those guys, the, the, the foreign guys always now typically come in more mature and more ready to play uh professional basketball if their bodies are ready for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so he certainly has a body ready to come in and play and, and contribute to a team. But you got to look at once you start seeing, the positions that the Bulls are going to have Patrick in. Uh, He's going to get some playing time. He's going to get a lot of playing time. So uh, don't bet on, you know, a lot of Otto Porter, you know, a lot of Chandler Hutchison like we've had in the past. Uh, Patrick's going to get his opportunities, and they're they're going to try and do some things with him. I'm very interested to see what Billy Donovan has, you know, in store for him. I mean, we saw the growth. Uh, obviously, having Chris Paul in in OKC helped uh, with the with the growth of the young players there. But we saw young players grow mature under Billy Donovan. Um, so I'm very interested to see what uh, they can breed here with Patrick. That Davis show
0: right here. We have Tony Gill with us. Follow him at the Tony Gill podcast, podcast producer for NBC Sports Chicago. And he also covers the Bulls. He made sure they put that in the contract. <laughs> 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 but listen, listen, I, one one comp for anybody that can, is old enough that can remember. And it's, it's not a, a apples to apples because these two people, these two players were coming from overseas. But kind of what we're trying to say about don't be surprised when Denny takes off, especially where there's not as much talent. In, in, in Washington, this area areas here in Chicago where they're still trying to figure out what all the pieces are doing. Basically, it's going to be Bradley, Bill, Denny, and maybe a healthy uh, 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 John Wall if John Wall is still with the teams. We heard the rumors of perhaps a trade with uh, Houston, even though they're not offering necessarily what Houston wants. But the comparison I was going to make because of the situation they're in is uh, Dino Raja and and uh, uh, Tony Kukoc when they came from overseas, uh, probably in the 93, 94 seasons, the year after the Bulls won a championship. Now, Dino Raja went to the Boston Celtics who at this point they were bereft of talent uh, and then you had uh, Tony Kukoc come here where it was becoming Scotty's show and you still had Horace uh, and BJ because they both made the all-star team the year after Jordan at, uh, first retired and Tony it took a minute plus they, Scottie, they wanted Scotty to move to shooting guard and let Tony play at three, but Scotty was like, no, he's going to have to be at four. And initially, they put a little bit of weight on Tony, but then they ended up taking it off. Dino Raji was getting off with the Celtics, but it was short lived. You know what I'm saying? And Tony Kukoc, you still historically, he'll p- hear people talk about Tony Kukoc and what he meant from European players coming over here. You know what I'm saying? But you you never hear anybody mention unless you're a Boston Dino Rogers. So I just want to point out that's kind of what we're saying. That initially, one, he's a young player, he has to find his way, but also he's not gonna be he's not gonna be given the shots that Denny's gonna be given. Uh, playing out there in Washington, as Tony alluded to, he is coming from being a professional. Where this kid is being a sixth man and only playing 22 minutes on an uh, ACC team. Real quick, this is my last thing as far as Patrick Williams before we jump to the draft. Nobody, nobody is going along with, the, with me on this. Does Patrick Williams look like Mark Phillips' supreme dream from uh, <laughs> was the RDC World? Does he not? He listen. The clips where they play basketball, he looks like him. Not just does he look like him. When they play basketball, like the clips was like that, it's like LeBron. He looks like him. I'm putting out there, I gave you red for Gafford. I gave you red. My office hours are, I gave you red for Gafford. Tony, I'm giving you this too, all right? Now run with it. Gave you the fish, Lord. Now run with it, because I'm telling you, this can blow up right here, all right? Just make sure you give me my props down the line. All right. <laughs> At David show, my man, Tony Gill. Tony, listen, out of the top three, if the Bulls had a chance, which one of those players would you, would have, would you have preferred and
1: why? Uh, Lamello. Um, I thought that Anthony Edwards was the most physically gifted player out of the three um, in terms of, uh, you know, leaping ability and athleticism, uh, but the most skilled player, and in terms of who can have the most impact on the Bulls as soon as possible, I think was LaMelo. Um, Kobe, I don't think is the playmaker uh, at all. I think his skill best serves as uh, a shooting guard. And I think ultimately he may be a Lou Williams type, ultimately, but you got to see. You know what it looks like with him starting for a long period of time. You got to see what that looks like. Yeah, I expect Kobe to get a lot of starting. I expect him to start from you know from. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, but Lamelo would allow guys to be the best that they can be uh, in terms of scoring output. Zach Levine, you know he's a scorer. Um, I think having Lamelo would have given him opportunities to be that. Uh, The person that really would have benefited would have been Laurie Marketing, uh, because he, uh, as we've seen, you know, in the last you know year, uh, and I I get it, it's under Jim Boylan. So take that, you know, as you will. But to a certain degree, you got to, you know, go out there and create something. And he couldn't do that, you know, on his own. So I think having LaMelo to be able to set the table uh, for the who is who's coming into the league will be an elite passer. Mm-hmm. Uh just, just flat out like tricky, at, tricky. at worst he will be a top five or six passer in the NBA at his absolute worst. Right. And I think that is a huge value uh now at the at the NBA level. So uh Laurie would have seen a boost, uh Wendell Carter uh would have seen a boost in his you know offensive uh output. So I think that uh Lamelo would have been the guy for the Bulls to take. Uh, if he, if the Bulls were allowed to get him.
0: Listen, on a side note, I got to go to a side note. So how frightful of you that your baby was gonna get traded away.
1: Oh, I was. Uh, you have- I to be plans for uh, Wendell. We—I mean—I was reaching out uh, to the Bulls for some Black History stuff uh, that I wanted to do for Wendell. So I was in there nervous, like, man, if they trade him, we gotta change some stuff. <laughs> was
0: this was this Black History stuff all based off of the Asian tiger dragon that was supposed to be Black Panther coming to America that was on the Gucci print from Draft Night? Is this what the Black History stuff was based off of? Okay. The Wendell love. I mean, I just need him. Listen, if he been healthy for these two years, I'm mm-hmm. with y'all on the Wendell love. All yeah. right? I'm with you. But it's just like people were in the streets with pitchforks when they heard that the Bulls may move him out for a better player. I'm just going to put that out there. All right. Getting back to it. That David Show, Tony Gill. following him the Tony Gill. Uh Tony. The players that were picked after the fourth pick. All right. So the players that and some of those players were people that uh, were players that people had in the mock draft going to the Bulls. Now it doesn't have to specifically specifically be those players, but what players after the fourth pick would you have probably preferred the
1: Bulls to pick instead of Williams? Oh, uh, Killian Hayes. That was oh, that a Killian guy? Yeah, that was that was my guy. Really, from you know from the jump. Uh, in terms, of, because I'm looking at. You know the ball. I mean, they could have went with a you know another wing player since the rest of their wings aren't healthy ever. Uh, So I could have saw that, but I thought if they were going to ride this roster out to see what it looks like, to see what it could be at most, they needed a a guy that could set the table. Uh, And I thought if you couldn't get Lamelo, who is the best uh, out of this draft in terms of doing that, Killian Hayes was the next best thing. Uh, again, he went overseas, uh, played very well overseas. Uh, his father, he wanted to go play the basketball. His father was like, "Nah, you're gonna go over here and play with professionals if you want this to be your dream." So, uh, and, and, it, and he proved, and he was proven right. He was a top ten pick in the NBA draft. So, um, I like Killian Hayes. I like the way he plays. I like uh, the maturity in his game. Um, it, again, it's only second best to LaMelo, who just happened to be the best passer in this draft. And I thought that that if they wanted to see what this roster could be like uh, at full max potential next year, I thought Killian Hayes would have been the pick. So
0: my Killian Hayes, I was like Killian Hayes over Tyrese Halliburton, right? Mm -hmm. But to be honest with you, after reviewing more tape, I felt like one because his name was Killian and my name starts with the K. But uh, and he was he was coming from France. But after reviewing more tape, I really started to be down on his athleticism. Like for him yeah, to right, yeah, no, he's six five. I was like, Charlie can't jump for nothing, and he's <laughs> tall. I was like, I don't know about this. I was like, let me score that tape over here, real quick. I was like, I think I'm wrong with you, anything like talking to, to Matt Peck. And he's a Killian Hayes guy too. Mm-hmm. And I was the interview from this week, and I I went and I watched more Killian Hayes, and I was like, I don't know if you're right about this kid right here. And again, at point guards, you don't necessarily you don't have to be yoking on people at point yeah. guard. You know what I'm saying? But it's still it, it, it's beneficial. And I'm not even just saying as far as getting up to be able to yoke on somebody, but it's beneficial to be able to get some lift. On your lobs when you're getting into the paint, mm-hmm. so that's the thing where I start to be like, okay, maybe on my killing point, uh, maybe outside of killing, who else would you prefer, perhaps the Bulls to take?
1: Um, I guess the next player would be Halliburton. Mm-hmm. Um, again, an- another guy, uh, Iowa State, correct? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, he's a bigger, you know, guy, but again point guard, a guy that can you know set the table for the rest of his teammates. Uh, definitely more athletic than than Killian. Yes. Uh, I'm giving Killian the slight edge just because he was going to make the, the most impact right away uh, because of his experience over, overseas. Mm. But uh, Halliburton, I think he's going to be a solid player. Um, maybe at his low point, maybe Evan Turner That's mm. at the mm. low Ooh, you giving him something if you Wait, what, what
0: Evan Turner are we talking about?
1: Like Evan Turner when he was getting buckets or like when it was like who yeah, was going know, like on with Evan Turner? Like like Portland Evan Okay, Turner. okay. okay, okay, okay. Guy, at his low point guy come off the bench, be able to, you know, facilitate and, yeah. do, and do a little bit of everything uh pretty solid, you know, defensively. Uh because of his size and length. So that's that's kind of the where if if you're gonna think that way, if you're, you know, uh, in management, like, all right, what's the low point on this guy? Right, right. The low point if he turns out, and I don't think having Evan Turner on your team is, is, is a bad a big deal. I,
0: yeah, I mean, again, I'm, ha- I'm I'm happier that they didn't go because I think I'm happier they didn't go with the ceiling because I'll say this, and you 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 alluded to it earlier. I don't think Gar packs would have chosen Patrick Williams. Hmm. Right. I think they would have went with one of the sure bets. Listen, they would have even went sure, they would have went a sure bet, or they would have taken uh Killian Hayes. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like if they were going they were gonna vacillate crazy. It was gonna be foundational college guy like Obi Topping, hmm. right? Or European guy that's like, I don't even know what's going on right now. You know what I'm saying? Like look, yeah. for, for instance, like the Aja, like it would have been something like that. But I don't think they would have went Patrick Williams because of the fact that, one, he was a bench player. I think that would have scared them off. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, and and the, the years that we've seen them, they've never necessarily done that. So I don't think they would have done that. But listen, that Davis show, Tony, you're looking up to be on with us. Tony, what, for you, what was the worst pick? And who, who had made the worst pick? And who made the best picks from last night?
1: Man, see, with this draft, like after three? It's crap shoot. Right. <laughs> and like I don't I don't know if there was you know a reach to be had. Like you can make the argument the Bulls reached. The Bulls seem to be the biggest yeah. reach. That's right. How in is. terms of everybody that, that made selections uh last night, but yeah, I couldn't I couldn't tell you um be, just because like now obviously every draft there are gonna be players, you know, back ends and second round where you'd be like, Oh, how come we didn't see that? But like Without the revisionist history, we're gonna be like, yeah, everybody was a crap shoot at this point. And everybody, I think, was just looking for a solid contributor. Especially in a where, you know, they're not gonna get a lot of camp. You know, mm-hmm. it's gonna be it's gonna be a weird season, you know, next year. So we probably won't see unless somebody just, you know, comes in spectacular. Like they gotta get ready to play a man's game, you know, really quickly. Uh so it's going to be a weird, weird season. I don't know if there was somebody that, you know, just objectively failed. I didn't see anybody just super, you know, angry about the pick. There were a lot of confused Bulls fans. I will say that um, last night, like not really knowing who Patrick Williams was, which, you know, I get. It's understandable. But Yeah, it's understandable. But I, I, I've been saying this to, you know, a lot of people that, this is just a wait and see. You put a pin in this. You put a pin in this draft as all right. This is the first skeptical kind of move that we're <laughs> going to take. <laughs> it's some sus. sus. Right. You don't you don't <laughs> mention it just now. You don't kill him for it now, because again, we don't know what he can turn into. Mm. But this is gonna be the first time because the rest of the moves were easy. Right? You know, you fired Gar uh, Gar Foreman. You move John Paxson kind of out of the way. You fired Jim Boylan. All those were givens. This was the first move where we get to see okay, all right, we're going to let you rock. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if this doesn't turn out, if he's Chandler Hutchinson part two, you know, that's on you. Don't listen. Don't you put that
0: on him, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> My Patrick Williams will not be Chandler, Chandler Hutchinson, not have been drafted and promised that he was going to be picked up. All right, don't you put that on Patrick, Patrick
1: Williams. Is a I'm just saying, I'm, I'm, giving, I'm giving it room to go either way. You know, I'm giving him the room to, to be, if he can be, you know, Scotty Pippen in your comparison. I'm just saying but it's I'm going to be Taylor Hutchinson. That's, that's a wide berth. I'm allowing
0: it to go either way. I, I, I'm not saying, Scott, because I, I will say this, on a knock, as a knock on him, hmm. I don't know if he'll ever have that pure dog in him where it's like, I'm going to get my point. I, I think best case scenario for Patrick Williams is probably six, 17 points, um, you know, seven rebounds, maybe a few assists. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's where he'll be. He, he'll, but I, if he, to me, his ceiling will be when the moments there is when he pops to 20 something odd points. You know what I'm saying? Like, or he's the guy that's running down the dude and blocking the shot. You know what I'm saying? With the, with the fact that he's a rim protector the way that he's a rim protector. There's very Times this jumped very well when it comes to rim protection when he's off the ball. All right? So I don't want to ask you who won the draft because basically you just told me we don't know. We all know. We all know. We're probably I, not
1: I do have. A, I do have one that I do like, though. Oh, okay. Give it to me. I remember when it happened. Um, RJ Hampton to the Denver Nuggets. Oh, I know you love that.
0: I was, listen, like, when I saw that, I was like, listen, I'm not going to lie. When I saw that, I was like, Mother, Mm. motherfuckers! (laughs) You keep keep doing it, don't you? You got Michael Porter Jr. right, and then you go sneaking it. I was like, I thought like the tandem of them running together. I said, this ain't even
1: right, man. I was like, that one kind of got to me a little bit, to be honest with you. Because I mean, again, uh, R.J. Hampton. I mean, he's not you know the best passer of the draft, but he is a willing you know facilitator. He's more of a scorer, and um, if the Gary Harris thing doesn't work out from a health. You know, standpoint. Uh, uh, Jamal Murray having a running mate in the backcourt uh, like R.J. Hampton, if if he turns out to be you know uh, uh, you know the player that you know people think that he can be, mm-hmm. Denver might get a whip, dude. The thing dude. is this:
0: I'm gonna tell you how they damn near insulate themselves from him not being the player. Mm-hmm. The knock that's been on R.J. Hampton for the last year basically is his feel of the game. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, yeah, Shorty has the tools, but he kind of doesn't know how to put that ish together. You know what I'm saying? Like when you read between the lines, like it's like he doesn't know really how to accentuate himself in the game. And yeah, he can pass, but he's not like, he doesn't have to be a playmaker. But as you just said, dog, when you got who they, they got, first of all, their center's the point guard, right? right? Then you got a dominant player in Murray. You Mm -hmm. got Michael Porter Jr. coming on. All Shreddy got to do is run. You know what I'm saying? Like that's all like go. All right, don't doom, 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 like that's all he basically has to. Like, when I dude, I'm happy you said that because I forgot after mm. last night because I got up in the middle of the morning, I was up for like three to four hours in the middle of this morning consuming draft fish. Uh. And when that happened in the draft, I said, Damn, Denver's gonna keep Denver, in. right? Mm-hmm. Like, you're gonna keep, and it's, and I hate it because it has nothing to do with us, but you know how we wanted Michael Porter Jr., right? Mm-hmm. And it just—it feels like they stole RJ from me too. Because it's like, it just feels like it's like you got me. You got me. You, got me. you got me. All right, Tony. A little bit. Let's get it out of the the draft and talk more about the trades that took place. You had the the failure, and we don't know what's going to happen with uh, what uh Just all the moves, Chris Paul. Uh, all these moves that take place Which ones have you liked, which ones uh, haven't you liked And have there been any that are coming down the line And not we don't have to do the Houston one But mm-hmm. any that are coming down the line Because you're privy to more information than us who sit on the outside that you've heard about
1: um, I like the Chris Paul move To uh, Phoenix I think because of the weight of Chris Paul's contract, he's been turned into, we're paying you too much money for us to win a championship. So could you just guide our young players while you're here? And let's do a little bit of winning so they know what it feels like and what it's supposed to be. And uh, I like that that trade to Phoenix because, one, Devin Booker's about to lead the league in scoring. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's going to be fun watching him do it efficiently. Um, and they got a professional in there. And we, you know, we know what the rumors were, the confirmed rumors about how Phoenix players like to get down. Oh, don't do the no jump <laughs> stuff on my show.
0: <laughs> you <laughs> love that. I'm down you. you God. <laughs> don't you bring that up here. You wouldn't do that over there, at NBC. <laughs> Listen, first thing I thought is Chris Paul would be like, all right, now, nah, we all done did it. You need to stop. You you need to stop. And also, right. I'm going to go first moving forward. No, that's jokes, jokes, jokes. Yeah,
1: jokes. But I mean, they needed a, a professional basketball player in that room so they know how to win, mm-hmm. um, and they needed that. DeAndre Aiden needs that. So again, this could go really extremely well because mm-hmm. they were obviously more talented. That's what I'm gonna say. I like it. I like it a lot, but Tony. This also can go like really poorly. It's hurt because one, if one, if Chris Paul gets hurt. But they also could hate Chris Paul. <laughs> <laughs> they could. They could. They could hate Chris that's Paul. That's also they an could. option. And then now what? You're stuck with this big contract. You can try and move him season, But that's also an option that they can end up like, hey, we don't like what Chris is trying to do here. We're going to do our own thing. And they just kind of fight against right. other. It's only one person there that hating Chris Paul
0: matters. And I don't think that Booker is going to end up hating. I think there's going to be some time he doesn't like him. But I think he's going to respect him enough not to not to hate him because oh, when, the, when the first time Chris says you're not going over the Kardashians' house, you're going to go. Listen, he's going to let him go. It's uh, the Bahamians not going to get an option in this. All right, <laughs> Chris Paul <laughs> will be like, you sit so tall ass down. But the, <laughs> you see the thing that another reason why I like it, Tony, is they have premium talent mm-hmm. like. DeAndre Aiden hasn't even cracked it yet, and he's what eighteen and twelve basically. Mm-hmm. And now you look at DeAndre Jordan, you look at Tyson Chandler. these players, These players that Chris Paul got the checks for. David West. And you say what? David West. Yeah. They, thank you, David West. And they got checks for. Even though David West made some money in Indiana before mm-hmm. he uh, ended up getting there. but he, you know, he was a little bit known. But no, still to your point. I mean, to my point. The fact that you have these supreme talents, you have one of the best scores in, in Devin Booker, and now as Chris Paul ages back, I think is what's going to help them. Because basically, I would think the ball is going to transition back into being, I'm talking about year two to be in more Devin Booker's hands and, and Chris Paul setting him up and Chris Paul basically being a, being kind of what people kind of say about uh, Halliburton as far as, yeah, he can be the point guard, but he can also play off the ball. And now at his older age, like for the last six years, Chris Paul has been a, a much better three-point shooter than he was earlier on in his career. So I, I like it because, like, I think you're trying to say, with OKC, you knew they didn't have uber talent. You know, it was basically Shea Gillis, Gillis Alexander. Uh, right as far as like the talent that you were trying to shape, where they have even better talent, and now you're putting still a generational point guard who's proven that he can still get it done with that team. And even with how he played in OKC, you, you don't have to use him a, a, and give him the amount of minutes that he had to play when he was playing in Houston with James Harden. So that one I really like. What other, what other trades stood out to you? Oh, or what other trades stood out to you? And what trades perhaps didn't you like?
1: Um, the Milwaukee trade and, uh, the Pelicans for Drew, Um, without the details. I was like, wow. Like I, I thought Milwaukee really, really improved because mm-hmm. you obviously saw that the, the loss of Malcolm Brogdon affected them greatly. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had to depend on Eric Bledsoe for point guard duties. I mean, he was a great defender. I mean, he made all defensive first, uh, not first team, but he made all defensive teams, but you couldn't play him down the stretch because he couldn't shoot. Uh, and you need players that can contribute on both ends of the court in the most critical moments when you need them. Because, you know, we saw what happened down the stretch of games where Giannis, I mean, Giannis can't shoot. He can't make right. three throws. So you need players that can supplement that uh, effort because I think he's a, he's a made player now. I don't know how much better Giannis is going to you know get, and he's already elite, obviously. But I don't know if there's any more room for, for him to grow. This is this is what it is. So you need to start supplementing players around him that makes up for uh his deficiencies. And I think Drew is a perfect fit for that. He's a good mm-hmm. score, he's a good playmaker, he's a great defender. Um, all those things that you needed from Eric Bledsoe, you're gonna get. Closer. Right, a closer. You're gonna get that with Drew Holiday. Would I have given up three first round picks for him along with George Hill and Eric Bledsoe
0: you can have George Hill and Eric
1: Bledsoe yeah but the the picks I was like ooh once those details of the picks came out I was like uh, I don't know <laughs> Yannis hey, gonna leave
0: or oh. you gonna break you gonna surround it with talent or Yannis gonna leave yeah man three is a lot
1: three first rounders was a lot um but for – especially for, you know, for a Pelican team that you know were trying, was trying to get rid of them. Mm. So I, I, I get the the the, the, uh, the Bledsoe and the heel giving, giving those two away just to make the money work. Right. So I would even felt better if you just you would have gave two first-round picks. But that third one really totally. kind of, like, haves a it. lot of teams. How many teams were connected to Drew Holiday this offseason?
0: Everybody almost, yeah. mm-hmm. right? The Nets – uh, I believe probably the Philadelphia uh, out west. It was several teams, like it was a lot of teams. Can uh, definitely uh, the, uh, the the Milwaukee Bucks. There were a lot of teams, and again, I'm not not discounting what you're saying, mm. but when you're just giving up, nobody wants Eric Bledsoe. All
1: right, <laughs> no, no, yeah, just, in that contract, like mr, mr. Ooh, having him in. And you see what they thought about Eric Bledsoe because New Orleans hit two point guards. Look, like two point drops in the draft. Yesterday. And look, and then Mister Oui
0: Pooey, George Hill. I have some thoughts on it. I, I'm a George Hill fan ooh, as far ooh. as he's stand up brother. But you know, part of the reason that brother may have been shipped was <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know what? We don't want that around here no more. It's a lot of Milwaukee. And listen, do you have to see him? Down- it's like, you're sending him down here like, to New Orleans? <laughs> you're going to have to put some extra on it. You're going to have to put some extra on that, right? right? We don't need all of that black and black. black. I mean, again, now, you know, we love it. I'm just, But these are busy. I'm, I'm just, that's what they crossed my mind because I was like, George Hill? And I was like, oh, George Hill, right? <laughs> talking about perhaps that they shouldn't be playing time. And again, I'm with George Hill. Mm. I'm just talking about I wonder, you know what I'm saying, when you're taking these players, and these aren't, necessarily, quote-unquote, uber-desired uh, players, uh, particularly at this stage of their career. funny with Eric Bledsoe. I remember five or six years when people was comparing him saying, Man, that's a baby LeBron James. He was like, yeah, all right. Um, yeah, you don't remember hearing those? Because at one point, he was supposed to end up in Cleveland when he was sitting there with the Phoenix Suns and everything that was mm-hmm. happening. When they had 18-point guards back then mm-hmm. or whatever, and it was like, he, it was, I don't know if he's uh, uh, if he was uh, if he's- such as, yeah, he's, he's yeah. a coach client now. Yeah. I suspect that. like, man, he like, I was like, bitch, ass is out of here. All right, <laughs> so I got to get closer and near, near, near to your heart, all right? Mm-hmm. There was a tragedy that took place yesterday, and um, I'm not even joking. There's a young man who may never be the same, and it's funny. I kept thinking, like, I wonder will he get back, get back, but I didn't think he was going to blow out his Achilles, and that's Clay Thompson.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Unfortunately, Clay Thompson splash, brother, um, hurt himself yesterday prior to the draft. Uh, what, do you th- what are your thoughts on that and how do you feel now about the window for the Warriors basically closing?
1: Um, yeah, if they don't get a Herculean unanimous MVP Steph Curry, I don't they're going to be really competitive but I don't think they have a real shot at a, at a championship. And oh, totally. uh, they thought they went about this draft looking for another piece that they can add that can help with winning. They weren't trying to, uh, you know, take Wiseman as their first choice going into this draft. They were trying to give that pick away so they can make another run, you know, add it for the next year, uh, two years or so uh, of legitimate, you know, winning. And now with another, you know, Achilles tear, uh, for for Klay Thompson, that's essentially closed. Uh, if Steph can't dominate the NBA, which is a tough ask at his age and his injury history at this point,
0: even if he could, Tony, they don't have enough. If Steph was mm-hmm. super Steph to get to the finals in the West, yeah, like out of the West, you still say Steph is the greatest basketball player of all time? Since you saying that,
1: he's on Mount Rushmore. Oh my goodness! Change the game, baby. Let's
0: go. <laughs> Tell so anything in free agency. Any, any anything in free agency? At first with the Bulls, even though we know that they're basically
1: capped out, uh, that you expect to see real quick. Um, uh, little moves here and there. Yeah, uh, some veterans to supplement. You know, Laurie, since they didn't make any trades of the young core guys. Uh, I got to assume they're going into, I mean, obviously they can trade anybody at any point, you know, talks don't stop just because Mm. the the draft happened. So anybody, they're not married to anybody on this roster outside of uh, the two players they selected in the, you know, in the draft. So um, anybody can be moved, but I think maybe they get some, some more veteran players. Uh, And again, like Otto Porter is a quote unquote veteran Because of his longevity, but I don't know if he's better (laughs) in terms of leadership on this team. Uh, They still got that young people. Still, you know, he's still around. Uh, um, So he's he's one of their leaders of of this team. But I think uh, getting more guys that can supplement, and so they can really see with a with a good coaching staff, with a good development team, uh, with a good uh, health and training staff. uh, I think. We're actually going to get a good picture about what this roster was supposed to look like, and then we can figure out all right who needs to be moved so we can actually get to the real destination. So they, they got a year, they got a year of experimenting with this roster to see what it looks like in, in the perfect situation. But um, I, I, I don't, I can't really think of like any specific. Maybe maybe they go after point guard, you know, in in the in the veteran. Group of free agency, maybe they'll address that from there.
0: You will. You just said except they're two players, so you think they they're really big on the uh, the kid that they're stashing overseas. I I know his jumper, the center's jumper is wet, mm-hmm. but his up body is soft. <laughs> it was getting muscled all over the place. It was like well, damn, but his jumper was extremely wet. That yeah, three he saw Jokic. I know, right? But not the passing. But that point, listen, yeah. that 7 foot jumper was wet. Well, I said, goodness mm-hmm. gracious. All right, Tony, last one. And I'm going to let you get out of here. Tony Gill, follow him at the Tony Gill from NBC Sports Chicago, podcast producer also covers the Bulls and also a close friend of all of us. You put out your birthday reflection because your birthday just passed in the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did that go and how was it re- received?
1: Um... I thought it went really well and I didn't really, you know, promote it, promote it really. Uh, I just kind of put it out there. People want to check it out or not. I, I mainly did the project for me. And this was yeah. like, uh, you know how every artist, they got like, no, I got to do this. album." This is trash. <laughs> <laughs> so this, this was, this was that in podcast form. Mm -hmm. Um, Thanks a lot again. Kenneth Davis is a part of that project. Uh, He's on side B uh, of of the project. Uh, And I thought it went well. Like, I really enjoyed how open people were uh, with their stories. Um, with their connection with you know myself and how I've gotten to this point in my life of being 28 years old, I said in the in the beginning of the podcast, like I know it's weird to do a reflection over your life at 28 the
0: biography in right. my bio, <laughs> you're
1: know, 28, but um, memoirs at 28, yeah. <laughs> but 2020 was a was a you know a long a year. year and yeah. a very interesting year for everybody, and I'm sure everybody had to sit at home and think about their lives and, you know, their place in the world, you know, at this point. And I just kind of did it. Via my you know medium at this point, which is which is podcasting. So thanks Absolutely. again for for being yeah, it, that. Appreciate. I know it. it was an
0: honor. How's the girlfriend's part? It, it, it wasn't when when you, when you did her part. Did you you get down since D said I ain't say anything because that was being classy. Just get down to the freaking niggas. now I'm going to say this for D. This is a kid. Old kid yes. Old kid old kid new old kid. new old kid All right. Mm-hmm. My maturity rate is like it's, it's no one's business, but I, I don't even want you to say that I'm just busting your balls. I always love you, bro. Uh, everybody, you know, to follow B Tony Gill when he gets his Twitter back. Someone has stolen it. When we find you, mm-hmm. we will bust your ass.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to see my mentions. You know, when I get my Twitter back, it's going to go right now, but I'm getting it back soon. So. The DMs that you've been in, Tony, that you don't know about. <laughs> Just,
0: just think about that. You've been, boy, you've been blue-checking in ways you ain't never blue-checking in your life. But, Tony, definitely have a good one. Keep up. Always the good work, man, and you know we love you on this side.
1: Hey, I love you guys, too. Appreciate
0: you. No doubt.